Welcome to Shear Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the in-depth Through the Bible series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's join my husband, Pastor Greg, as he begins the Sunday Sermon. The last time we saw David's death, thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel, and the period that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. So he died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor, and Solomon, his son, reigned in his place. God had promised David a kingdom that would know no end. And that prophecy would be fulfilled in Jesus the Christ, the son of David, who would truly establish the kingdom of God. Let's take a moment to go back and reread Solomon's coronation uh, after David made his final speech to the assembled people, which we read last week. So um, let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 21. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the next day. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader, and Zadok to be the priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father, and prospered. And all Israel obeyed him, all the leaders and the mighty men, and also all the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. So there's great joy. They make these sacrifices. David has said his peace. And Solomon is anointed king a second time. And Zadak, a descendant of Aaron through Eleazar, is made the priest, the high priest, alone. Abiathar is disposed, because he backed Adonijah, fulfilling the word of the Lord concerning Eli's house all the way back at Shiloh. God fulfills his word. And at the second anointing, there's a clear victory. There's no dispute. United now under Solomon, the nation of Israel would enter a time in which it would be one of the greatest kingdoms on earth. This is the era in Solomon's reign, that is the zenith of Israel's power and prestige as a nation. And you obviously can see the benefits when leadership, God's chosen leadership, is clearly recognized by the people, and the people are united together under that leadership, under God. The nation rises 
to a new height. It all works together. When the people are united, there is a benefit, an obvious benefit, to being united, either good or bad. You see the Tower of Babel, they were united, they had great power, but it was for bad, and God disrupted it. When Solomon sins later on as part of the punishment, what will God do? In the time of his son Rehoboam, he will divide the kingdom, and they will not be as powerful. But here we have the people united, the leadership clearly recognized, the one chosen by God, all of David's other sons are obedient, and you have here the greatest golden age of the kingdom of Israel with Solomon as king, and Solomon is about 20 years old here when he's crowned, and you have a tremendous time of prosperity, a tremendous time of peace. So we've seen two anointings, two crownings of Solomon. The Bible's clear that he's crowned two times. It says in verse 22, the second time, the first time you had confusion, right? The first time you have Adonijah at the serpent stone being coronated by Abiathar and Solomon over by Gion by the spring of life being anointed by Zadok. And there's confusion. Who is king? And it seems for a moment that it can go either way. Who do you really follow? But David the father's will becomes clear. At the second anointing, there is no dispute. Every knee bows, every tongue confesses that this man is king. And today, people vacillate. Is Jesus Christ who the Bible says he is? This is a time that it's not clear to many. They have a time of choice. Who do we follow? There will be a time when the Antichrist comes on the scene and people will be torn. The Bible says the deception is so good that even the elect would be deceived if that was possible. But when Jesus Christ, when this king, this one confirmed, anointed Messiah, coronated, crowned by his father, declared by the resurrection of the dead, there is the first anointing, the first crowning. You are my son, today I have begotten you. When he comes back the second time, the second crowning, there is no doubt, there is no debate the true Solomon, the true Shalom, the true peace, the true wisdom, who unlike Solomon never sinned, when he comes back, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. This is a dramatic, cataclysmic, no escaping, no debate. CNN can't have a conversation, is Jesus the Messiah? Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. I believe it's going to be a huge cross seen throughout the whole world. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords, for as it says up in verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, 
so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. The second coronation, the second crowning, there is no debate. Hopefully, if you hear this message, you've made the choice already whose side you're on by that time. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been seen on any king before him in Israel. Now, remember for a moment the mercy that Solomon showed toward Adonijah. If you look back in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 52, Adonijah is clutching the horns of the altar for protection. And Solomon says in verse 52, if he proves, Adonijah proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. So he's going to live, he'll prosper, I won't touch him, he's my brother. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, he says to Adonijah, go to your house. And he shows mercy upon him. Also remember Abishag, the young woman of Israel that was told in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 4, she was very lovely and she cared for King David and served him, but the king did not know her. Remember her? And back at verse 3, we're told she is a Shunammite. So they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. Shunammite, that is from the city of Shunam, of the tribe of Issachar. And she cares for David, but as it says over again, he doesn't know her. There's no sexual relationship. She cares for David, but the king did not know her. Now, Adonijah has a scheme. In the ancient the ancient Near East of that time, those who had possession of any part of a king's harem had a basis for a claim to the throne. And you need to understand that to get the background of this. It was common in that brutal, ancient, pagan world for a conquering or succeeding king to take over the former king's harem to declare himself the ruler of that land. And this is clearly not God's law. For that matter, we read in Deuteronomy 17, 17, how Moses says that when you cry out for the king and he gives rules for a king, that the king was not even supposed to have a harem. He wasn't supposed to take many wives to himself. So this is not God's will. And we saw how Absalom and his rebellion, when he comes triumphantly into Jerusalem and David has to flee, he makes it a point under the advice of Ahithophel, to pitch a tent on the top of David's house and to go into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And that's in 2 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 22. And what a low opinion the ancient world had of women, that these harems could be interchangeable to declare who was in power. This was a pagan custom of that day. And aren't you glad that Jesus Christ came and taught the sanctity of monogamous marriage 
in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ lifted up the marriage relationship, one man, one woman, to the way it should have been back in the beginning, the way God originally planned it? Aren't you glad that the New Testament proclaims in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That male and female are equal. They're made in the image of God. They are meant to both share salvation. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web. On the Shi'ar Jeshub website, you will find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, as well as an archive of our radio programs with in-depth Bible teaching and preaching. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. And can I ask you to pray about supporting this ministry? It is so important for the time that we are in that there would be solid Bible teaching on the airwaves and available on the Internet. Our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.